Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Battle for Los Angeles. Tradition, a celebration of culture passed down from generation to generation. In Los Angeles, that culture is of winners, of victors, of champions. Three years ago, a pair of franchises entered into this great city, hoping to join that culture. Today, they sit, eager to be the ones to plant their flag. Charger, hard-nosed lads clad in powder blue, gunslinging and gritty, this group of good old boys grasps at greatness. Little brother is ready to play the all-American way. Ram, the favorite son. Blonde hair, blue eyes, and charm to boot. They enter with a swagger. They leave with your girl. Not long ago, they were gas station sushi. Now new blood transforms them into a lean, mean, killing machine. They turn hungry for their next victim. Rivalry. A clash of clans. Sharks and jets. Montagues and Capulets. Republic and Empire. This Sunday, September the 23rd, in the year of our Lord 2018, at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, two teams enter, one team leaves, and we decide who runs Bartertown. Rams, Chargers, this is the battle for Los Angeles. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to a very special edition of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo, and with Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, and we have for you today the Battle for Los Angeles. I am so excited. Once every four years, the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers play each other in the regular season, this being the first time they have played each other since both moving to the great city of Los Angeles. As you guys know, we do this show purposefully to follow both Los Angeles franchises and try to become fans of them both. But when they face each other, gentlemen, we must pick a side. So what we're going to do for you today, it's a very special show. We're not doing a recap section. We're not doing a gravestone section. There's no pick em here. This whole show is dedicated to the Chargers, 
versus the Rams. These two teams, two teams enter, one team leaves, and we are ready to break this down. Gentlemen, did you ever think we would get to this point as a podcast where we actually have a real NFL game in Los Angeles between two L.A. teams that means this much? I have had the utmost confidence in our podcast from the time that it started, so (laughs) I I I just had a feeling in my heart that we would eventually make it, that we would still be on the air when we could have this fantastic discussion about the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams going at it at the Coliseum for the first time in their existence as teams together in Los Angeles. Every other football podcast that you are going to listen to this week is going to lead off with the Josh Gordon news. Not here. Not on the (laughs) Left Coasters podcast. It is all about the battle for Los Angeles, and I am so, so amped for this Sunday. Listen, when we started this podcast, we had the lowly Rams led by Jeff Fisher and and, and Case Keenum and just, just terrible news all around. We had to slug through that season. It was a rough season. And then we were handed a new team, a Charger team that had just missed kick after missed play after missed cue. And now these two teams have come around. The Rams are looking to be the best team in the NFC. The Chargers are looking to be a playoff team in the AFC. And now they meet up with both of these teams needing a victory to keep their momentum going. Bry Guy, how excited are you to have not only a game between these two teams, but a competitive one, a good one? There is so much to love about both of these teams. Yes. They're doing a lot of things right, and I can't imagine there are too many times in the history of the NFL where there has been one city, two teams, so evenly matched so early in the season. So there's a lot to love. I know all the fans out there, we've seen it on Instagram. We see it around the city. People are jazz with jerseys, shirts, everybody's showing up, and it's exciting because it's going to be a one for the ages because it's going to set the tone for not just the city, but it's going to set the tone for two two teams and the rest of their season because they're both at a precipice one and one and two and oh respectively yep. but there's a lot of good matchups here in this game and we'll get into those stats Absolutely. but i but i uh, but i think there's going to be there's going to be so much firepower in this game everybody's going to enjoy it yeah this is going to be the first real test for these rams after having two cupcake victories and they did their job and they beat the crap out of the two teams they played but the Chargers are a hell of a lot better than the cardinals and the raiders and as for the Chargers, they played what might be the best team in the afc kansas city and played them okay they lost at oh, home, I, but I they played them okay. A, I was worried for a second that you were talking about the other team they've played so far this season, oh, and no. I thought maybe you'd fallen on your head before the podcast <laughs> No, that, that Bills win was a cupcake win as well. But both these teams have proven that they can do what it needs to happen to win games, and now they face each other. But before we move on to breaking down this game, breaking down what they did so far this season, breaking down me and Dangles' trip to the Coliseum on Sunday, before we get to all that, if you're looking for the regular Left Coasters episode, just wait until Thursday when we release our week two, our, our week three, sorry, pick them with gravestones with a recap. Dangles can talk his head off about Josh Gordon. We can talk about everything we need. And we will have that episode coming to you later in this week. But right now, it's all about Los Angeles. So let's start off with the Rams. In the past two weeks, they are 2-0. and the, one of the best teams so far to start off this slate. We thought this team of all-stars, you know, they, they'd be good. They'd be. We all had them at the tippity-top of our NFC rankings before the season. Did you guys think it'd be this easy of sledding so far? No. Because they've crapped on teams. Absolutely not. I do not think the game against Oakland was going to be that out of contention. Yes, yes. To only have allowed 13 points. Yeah. 
this entire season after two games. It's impressive. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's convincing. They only it's allowed convincing. they only allowed those 13 points because, again, in week two, they shut out the Cardinals. So, Dangles, before we talk about our experience at that stadium for that game and the tailgating and drinking we may or may not have done, give me the stats for what happened against these Cardinals. So, uh, against the Cardinals, this was this past Sunday at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Tony and I were present uh, on, on the good guys' side. Jared Goff, 24 of 32 for 354 yards, a touch and a pick. Mal- uh, Malcolm Brown was your rushing leader for the game because it got so ugly. 12 carries uh, for 46 yards uh, on the game for him. Brandon Cooks, meanwhile, leading the way. Uh, seven receptions, 159 yards on the receiving side of things. Meanwhile, the Cardinals were just horrid. Sam Bradford, 17 of 27 for 90 yards, one interception, and nary, <laughs> nary a sighting of first-round quarterback pick Josh Rosen. Would you have thrown Rosen out to Ab- those wolves? fucking The, the Rams were have. killing them. Doesn't matter. They were putting their subs in into the second half because yeah. it was such a blowout. It was a preseason game. Sam Bradford is is a little man made of toothpicks at this point in his career. Somebody sneezes on him, and he's going to fall apart, and his leg is going to put him out for the rest so of the season. I don't see any was... reason why new head coach Steve Wilk didn't say, all right, kid, we're losing by four touchdowns. Get in there and show me what you got. That Sam Bradford stat line is crazy. 17 completions for how many yards 90 and that's, a pick. that's a that's for you, 90 yards and you a wouldn't pick. want that as your running back for your average let alone your quarterback no that's his terrible. leading his leading receiver was larry fitzgerald three catches for 28 who got yards who got, who got hurt Poor larry. who got hurt the craziest and david part johnson about... 30 carries for 48 yards I, i'm sorry 13 okay, carries I was say, that 13 was carries for 40 uh 48 so yards the and craziest uh, stat about that game is arizona did not see the rams out of the field until the last play of the game what yeah Wow. Arizona did not see the Rams out of the field to the last play of the game. They beat them in every facet. In every facet. Now, guys, are the Rams the best team in the NFL, or is Arizona the worst team in the NFL? I, I think, think it's a little bit of I both. I think a little bit uh, of both. I, I, that's I fair. Do, I know we're going to get to sort of maybe rejiggering a little bit uh, what we had talked about in terms of playoff setup. Uh, I'm I'm almost entirely convinced now that the Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl. This really? Team, this team is scary scary good everything's and, working and so far the fact that they've got ex- inexperienced linebackers doesn't seem to have held them back the defense has been incredibly strong marcus peters and akib talib are as good as advertised and Dominic sue is absolutely providing an Aaron extra Donald help lost uh, no steps no lost no steps whatsoever in, in missing time i'm sure he's playing with a lot less baggage on his shoulders yep. now that he's gotten yes. the deal out of the way and you can see the impact that Dominic sue is also having on that interior line and of course the offense still seems to be humming they averaged just under 30 points a game a tenth of a point under 30 points a game last year uh, they've gotten right back off to where they started haven't even missed a step either so the the brandon cooks addition has worked out perfectly for them his ability to stretch the field so much more of a facet in this offense than sammy Watkins and open up throws over the middle for jared goff and he's getting he's getting really impressive he's getting uh, uh possession receptions too like they're looking at him a lot it actually is affecting cooper cup's fantasy value because of how much they're throwing to Brandon Cooks, but it's been a perfect signing, and you can see why they gave him the contract before he even saw the field for us. They're going to want him here for a while. He's an overachiever. Mm -hmm. When you see him running routes, you're like, this guy runs probably the best routes of anybody in the league, which is, you know, saying something at at, at this level. It's it's really impressive what they're doing offensively uh, in Sean McVay and getting the ball to him, but spreading the the ball around. Just absolutely dicing this ball around around this team like a fucking point guard Jared Goff is. So in going through those stats, there was one name that didn't come up one name that got left off one very very important name Todd Gurley 
What about him? Didn't come up in that because because they got blown out so badly. Yeah. He didn't get enough time in the game to rack up to be the the rushing leader. Todd he still Gurley, managed three touchdowns. However, did still manage three rushing touchdowns on 19 carries for 42 yards. He still got three touchdowns and he only averaged 2.2 yards a carry. He meanwhile doing, he meanwhile hauled in three catches for 31 yards uh, uh, for a long of 15. So uh, good fantasy day for uh, have, Todd Gurley there. I have a question though. There are two things that worry me about this Rams team. If you had to nitpick, there'd be two things. And one we should nitpick. One, it is the injury to the kicker. They had to go for two points every single time out on the field and did not have well, a that's kicker because pass they didn't, they, they didn't have. They had to have of Johnny course. Hecker come out and kick points for him. Of course, but. Now you see around the league, there have been already two firings this past week of kickers in the NFL and signings. This is a problem in the NFL. If you lose your kicker and Greg Zerline went healthy, is one of the best in the league. How scared are you guys that now we have to get a street-free agent who may not be able to live up to the snuff of the rest of this team? Not worried because the guy they signed is the same guy that they had on the team last year, and he was a suitable replacement for Greg Zerline. You know, obviously he's not Greg the Leg, but yeah. Sam Ficken uh, yeah. has been re-signed to the Rams. He's going to be taking over kicking duties for Greg Zerline while he's heard this groin injury hit just happened over and over and over yeah, again. As yeah. for as good as Zerline is, it's got to be annoying if you're uh, if you're John Fassel having to deal with this on the special team side of things. So, I, but I'm not really that concerned about it. The, the Rams special teams are as good as anybody. They're uh, awesome. In but the if NFL. it comes down to like a late game kick, you have to win the game. It's an untested guy at a very important position. You're right, but these guys are pros, and I feel like you kind of if you're going to sign if you're going to sign a guy to your team and pay him to be on the. 53-man roster that Sunday, you have to have uh, the utmost confidence that whether he's coming in to kick an extra point after the first touchdown on the first drive or whether it's three seconds left in the game and he's just been iced, that he's going to put the ball through the uprights. If I'm the head coach, I have to be banking on that for my kick. It's just, that's just how you have to look at it. The other thing that I would nitpick is I was at the game with Dangles. I had a blast, and every Rams fan I ran into was a joy. They were all very happy to be there. It's obviously happy to be there when the team's beating them up that bad, but everyone was enthusiastic. They were yelling. They were clapping. They were in the game. The problem to me was this team might win the NFC, and that stadium at best was 60% full. I understand you're playing the Arizona Cardinals, but you don't know how bad they are in Week 2. Tickets were very cheap to get into that game. It was 80 degrees out and sunny, but um, you got to find a way to get a crowd because when you're playing really good teams, I know the Packers are coming here very soon, and that crowd needs to be helping you out versus hurting you. You need to fill that stadium up. Is that a problem with L.A., or is that just too early in the Rams season to get a popular crowd there? No, it's it's a problem in L.A. because you've got so many transplants. You, you, don't, you do have name uh, issues, re recognizable issues, because in a city full of transplants, but a city that has not had a football team in so long, mm -hmm. it's not rooted in this culture as as an everyday fan's concerned. If you're in Detroit or Green Bay or in New England, it, it's part of your lifeblood. Yeah. It's part of routine. Everybody's everybody's doing it on Sunday here. Not everybody's watching football on Sundays. Yeah. Not everybody's jazz, but I can tell you what: winning and high-profiled games yes. do. Prime time, you know, yeah. We're also a city full of the L.A. Ra Lakers, the L.A. Clippers, the uh, Dodgers. The yeah. Dodgers. We know, we know good sports, but you, it's got to be a consistent winning product, and this is a good place to start. The, yeah. Believe me, the Rams organization is not upset, and they will fill that stadium because we know what's around the corner. Well, we know what that big stadium is going to do for this city. The thing with the, teams you, with the teams that you just mentioned is that there are certain teams that you mention in one breath in Los Angeles, like the Lakers and the Dodgers, and then there are teams that you mention in another breath, like the Clippers and the Angels. And that is what this Sunday is all about, is making sure... 
that you don't end up in that second breath with those overlooked teams here in L.A. and that you stay in that first breath with the Rams right now anyway and the Dodgers and the Lakers and I guess even the Kings for a little while there in the early 2010s when they were on their run. They're still relevant. And they're still very much relevant. And to your point about the stadium, I also think it's kind of maybe as simple as that they're playing in a college stadium that's designed to hold 100,000 people as opposed to an NFL stadium that's that's designed to hold 60,000. So you're going to you're going to well that's a big deterrent the stadium viewing experience if you're not close up is not very good uh, as as you know yeah. from going to the the, the game uh, last season uh, but i also think you just kind of are looking in just in terms of relativity it's a bigger stadium than any other nfl teams play play in so you're not going to fill it up any yep. given I sunday i will i will say for as 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 60%ish of full that it was it was a very loud stadium the crowd was into it the whole way it was a lot of fun to be there it just makes me a little bit nervous when it comes down to you know playoff time and you're hosting a team that could beat you if you don't have the crowd behind you. Let's move on to that determined little brother in the Los Angeles Chargers. I would say they're only the little brother because they got here a second. The uh, Rams made the playoffs last year. The Chargers were one step away from the playoffs last year. A little swing, a, li- a little ball bouncing another way, and the Chargers are right in there in the thick of it in one of the best teams in the league. This is a chance for them to come up and say, hey, Rams, listen, I know I'm paying you a loan to play in the stadium that your own is building, but we got to win on you. I think they're going to come out guns a-blazing, and they know what this game means. So let's go back to the one-and-one charges, and let's figure out how they got their dangles. Last week, they got an easy win. An easy win. What happened with the Chargers? Uh, The Chargers beat the Buffalo Bills so badly (laughs) that they made one of the Bills players retire at halftime. Astonishing. They were were losing... So badly that Vontae Davis, Vernon Davis's brother, who mm-hmm. has been in the league since 2009, who was a very good, I think, uh, defender for the Colts very for, good. for several years, maybe the best First defender, rounder. maybe the best defender on their defense, saw what this season was going to be. Looking down the barrel of that gun, he said, "Nope, fuck this, I'm not doing it," and he left. He packed up his things and walked away at halftime. The Chargers beat the Bills 31-20. to That score doesn't really tell the full story of the game. I believe the Chargers went into the half with a 28-6 to lead, and that was when Vontae Davis decided he was hanging the cleats up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Bills were able to put a few scores on him in the past. This was really a game of a tale of two halves when you think about it. The Chargers offense did a whole ton in the first half, and then they did nothing in the second half. Phil Rivers, 23 of 27, 258 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, his counterpart, Josh Allen, goes 18 of 33 in his NFL starting day for 245 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, some good throws, uh, a couple of really long bombs showing off that arm strength that we've been told about with mm-hmm, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Eckler led the way on the ground, meanwhile, for the Chargers. Pat myself on the back for drafting him in our 16-team league. 11 <laughs> carries, 77 yards. LaShawn McCoy uh, disappointing me in other fantasy leagues. Nine carries for 39 yards, and I'm seriously concerned about him going forward from a fantasy perspective. Uh, receiving Keenan Allen six catches for eight. 87 yards. Uh, Zay Jones, meanwhile, led the way for the Bills with two catches for 63 yards. 31 it's... to 20 was your final from Ralph Wilson Stadium. New Era Field, I should say, at Ralph Wilson Stadium the in one, Orchard Park. The New one York. thing that held me back from this Chargers game, they did exactly what they needed to do against Buffalo. They beat the crap out of them. But the Rams, in their two games against inferior opponents, never let the team even have a glimmer of hope back into it. The Chargers, as you said, a tale of two halves. The Chargers kind of mentally shut off and let the 
the Buffalo make it a closer game than it should have been. Uh, what impresses me the most about that is 23 of 27 for Phil Rivers, four incompletions for a guy that's a known gunslinger. That tells me that offense is clicking, and there ain't anything wrong with what's going on in that world. And I'm excited to see Mike Williams get in the action. Oh, he is sexy. When he, I mean, he had two catches, 27 yards, one touchdown. That is a, I, I'm proud of the kid to get his first touchdown in the league as a fan. I, I'm really excited to see him get more infused into this 100%. offense because he is such a threat. He is that guy that could be the centerpiece uh, of this offense if and when it, it is deemed uh, appropriate uh, schematically. And he's, and, he's, and he's bigger than everyone on the field. He is he's more so good than everyone on the field. He's going to have so many touchdowns if they find him in, in good matchups, yes. which is going to be happening very often. And those double teams, why they drafted him so high, seventh overall, why they drafted him so high was because he's going to get double teams. He, he's yeah. going to earn double teams as the season goes on. That's going to open up the, the, the likes for, for a Keenan Allen, which is yeah. crazy to think about. Uh, and 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 everybody else on that team. So I think it's just gonna it the sky's the limit with this team, and they're still growing. And I think with Austin Eckler too, Melvin Gordon is a proven commodity. Austin Eckler being sort of the th the lightning of that thunder is a great thing to have. Melvin Gordon had two touchdowns receiving. Yeah. So you know it's he's so versatile. If I'm if I'm uh, uh, Ken Wisenhunt, I'm salivating right now at what this kid can do. Uh, he's a second year player, and we saw some flashes at the end of last season yeah. when uh, when when Melvin Gordon wasn't playing of what he can do. Melvin Gordon. By the way, nothing to sneeze at this past Sunday either. Nine carries for 28 yards uh, and a touchdown. He averaged three yards a carry. And what I'm really, really excited about is that they're finally using him in the pass game a lot more. He had six catches on Sunday for 38 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think there's ever been a question that Melvin Gordon is a capable receiver out of the backfield. I was reading uh, backfield. I was reading uh, uh, some quotes from Philip Rivers in his media Monday media press conference, and he was talking about how at Wisconsin he never had they never had to pass the ball to him because he's running through holes as big as a doorway. Yes. But now, now that he's in the NFL and those holes just aren't there anymore, he's always had good hands. They're able to finally able, working him into the pass game a little more, and I think that's opening things up for the receivers. That's going to open things up for Eckler a little bit, and it's going to make it easier for him to rush as well. So now let's. Let's look at the matchup. Chargers at Rams. Let's see where these two teams, where do you think the weaknesses are? I will say right now for the Rams side, what the Chargers can do to beat the Rams uh, is use Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon out of the backfield as receivers. If you go back, you got to take away the Arizona game. They did nothing offensively. But if you look at what Oakland did, Jalen Richard, their sort of scat back on Oakland Raiders, had double-digit receptions for over 70 yards out of the backfield. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler are both 100% better than Jalen Richard. Richard. I think that can be a threat on the little dump-offs. Those linebackers, again, are the weak point of that Rams defense. The problem is you got to contend with blocking Sue and Donald to give you QB time to make that pass. But I think Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, little screens, little dump-offs can build you up the field. And I think that goes into my my key point for this game, and that's going to be third-down conversions. Mm -hmm. uh, currently, uh, the Chargers are at 30%, 46% for the Los Angeles Rams. So there is a discrepancy there that I I'm going to I'm going to watch what third downs do for each team and it's to your point giving the offense the uh, the flexibility to dip and dunk and get yeah. that ball out, yeah. much like the Rams do. The, the one thing, and Dangles and I saw this the, the two games ago, but the way the Rams do jet sweeps, it, it, they're not stopping. No. They're not stopping. No. They're, they ran they're, two in a row in that game against the Raiders. I've never seen that before. The, the, the exact same play, the, twice in a row. The creativity that Sean McVay has, the, the, the Chargers have to do the same, and they and they do. They have the, the personnel. So Ken, Ken Wisenhunt's got to dial up some, some crazy stuff. They're, this is not a game to hold back, and third down conversions are going to be 
incredibly important to winning this game. Dangles, what do you see as a key to this game? I think it comes down to the quarterbacks and game managing and who's the bigger field general out here. I mean, you kind of maybe want to lean towards Phil Rivers because he's got the experience. He's been around for a long time. Jared Goff, obviously, the young gun. Everybody knows what he's capable of doing. But look, you're equal on a lot of other levels of uh, of, of each of these. You've got, you got uh, a team where they're two premier running backs, top 10 running backs in the NFL. Uh, you've got strong defenses on both sides. I think the key is it, for the Rams is going to be putting pressure on Phil. Really, really, I think their key is going to be make the quarterbacks beat you with their arms. Yeah. Honestly, because for the Rams, that only works out well because Phil Rivers, who is interception prone already, is throwing into the teeth of that very, very formidable defense. And the Chargers secondary is nothing to sneeze at either. Casey Hayward is excellent, and Derwin James was all over the field this past Sunday. Absolutely every bit as good as advertised. I only wish Jason Verrett was still out there for him. They might they might, they might, might be seeing uh, him missing there. But but I think this comes down to which quarterback is able to manage the game better and, and really for the defense is making the other team's quarterback beat you with their arm because we've seen both of these teams are able to beat you with their running backs. I will say what made me the happiest of seeing the Rams live was Jared Goff and the poise that he has. Again, this was against the Cardinals. They were not a good defense. They were never a real threat but at at no point did Jared Goff look lost even on stuff where he didn't exactly see the field or something wasn't open he never was in trouble he never made a bad bad play so that makes me happy in the Jared Goff versus Phil Rivers battle what I think the Rams need to do to win this game is extend the ball throw it as deep as Jared Goff can I think you have better speed Buffalo did beat this team long when they played uh, uh, Los Angeles uh I think this team can be beaten with the long ball over the top of those safeties. You have to give Goff time to make that throw, but Brandon Cook's going deep. Robert Wood's going deep. Get Cooper Cup moving. I think there's possibility there. Brad Guy. I really think also, too, having the point made by Dangles, the quarterback position, Jared Goff's going to gonna have to play under pressure this week. Yes, it's, it's, they're going to get to him. They're not going to have the clean pocket like Jared Goff had the last two Joey games. Joey Bosa is out of this game. He They will lose that extra force around. You still got Melvin Ingram, uh, but they are going to be losing. And and uh, also, another note to make, uh, Uchenna Nuosu and Keezer really White, good. also the two rookies that they took in uh, 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 I think the second and third rounds, both had excellent, excellent yep. games. I believe they both logged sacks. Uh, so another upside for the Chargers defense and another way for them to put pressure so on So we're going to see whether or not Jared Goff can perform under pressure because that's his weakness. Yeah, that's his weakness, sure. statistical I mean, weakness. Right now, yeah. And yeah. That, but that old line for the Rams the past two weeks has been, I don't think Jared Goff has gotten his jersey dirty. I think they've won the same one twice. And, but it, the Chargers are a lot better than what they play. And if they do that, they're going to win this game. Per, hands down. I'm excited for it. I think this is appointment television. I think, I mean, out of the slate of games, which again, we will break down on the Thursday show and we do the week two pick them. Out of the Thursday, uh, Saturday games this week, uh, Saturday games, the Sunday games this week and week three, this is a premier, premier matchup. Uh, the Rams, again, 2 and 0. They want to keep winning to keep that NFC train going. The Chargers can't fall too far behind the Chiefs. I, th- I think the Chargers can uh, fight for a wild card, but obviously you don't want to lose the division that early, and the Chiefs are just don't stop. They don't. The Chiefs look like the best team in the league. So the Chargers are coming in to make this win as well. They're both going to be fighting for it. They're both going to be wanting it. Gentlemen, it is time to make the left coasters picks. Chargers at Rams, the battle for Los Angeles. Not only do I want you to give me a winner, I want you to give me a game score. A winner and a game score because we do have gamblers that listen to this show and yours truly likes to put some money on as well so where do you see the game leaning i'm gonna start with diggity dangles the chinese chicken chargers (laughs) at rams who wins this game big guy i think i think this is a trap game for the rams potentially 
I think I think they're so it's hard to pick right because they're so equal at so many levels I mean the Rams on paper I think are the better team at most levels they have the stronger defense Uh, they've only allowed 13 points this season Uh, but but the Chargers have as many weapons on offense as anybody else does and if there's someone who's going to stretch the field and make these cornerbacks run all over the place and gas them early on in the game I think it's these Chargers speedy receivers and Mike Williams and Mm -hmm. and Keenan Allen uh I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this game wow. by a field goal. Oh, a close game. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to a last-second kick. Uh, I think we're going to see some fireworks in the first half. I think the defenses are going to step in, and it's going to be a kind of punt-for-punt punt sort of situation for a little while. I think your final score is 24-21 Chargers. Wow, wow. Okay, I'm okay with that. 24-21 Chargers. I would love to have a competitive game coming down to a last-second field goal with Sam Ficken on the line. Brian, what do you got? I kind of showed my hand uh, in the last comment, but I really believe that the Los Angeles Rams are going to come out with the victory in this game against the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm predicting 30 to 27. So you have a one-score game as well, a field goal game. I do. I think what's going to happen is I I think this game's going to go in the direction of the Los Angeles Rams, but it's going to go back and forth, and then I believe that the Rams are going to be able to 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 put the put the the kibosh on the Los Angeles uh-huh. Chargers as the game goes on. But I think Phillip Rivers is going to make this interesting. I think he's going to be in the third, fourth quarter slinging it. This game's never over. And it's never going to be over as long as Melvin Gordon and Phillip Rivers are standing. It's just not going to. But I, like I think that. the Los Angeles Rams are going to come out on top with uh, two field goals. I'll, I'll be quick here. I think the Rams are going to win this game because I think they have more playmakers available to them on defense. And I like the coaching staff of the Rams a lot more than I like the coaching staff of the Chargers. I would wouldn't be surprised if Dangles is right and the Chargers pull this game off, but I have the Rams 31, the Chargers 20. That's 31 to 20 Rams win. And that is all for the battle for Los Angeles. Again, this is the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We will be back later in the week with our gravestones, our week three pick them, and our recap section. But this was a very special once every four years episode, the battle for Los Angeles. It's the Olympics, the World Cup, the battle for LA in that order. So without any further ado, it's a hearty ram it. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.